Welcome to the FedHeads, a weekly podcast from Grand Thornton Public Sector. Join the FedHeads, Robert Shea and Francis Rose, each week to talk about the arcana of government management and the people who are working hard every day to improve it. Welcome to episode two of FedHeads. I'm Francis Rose. Robert Shea is here with me as always. Thank you very much for uh, inviting me back. I guess I didn't offend sufficiently That's after right. the first episode. How many people listened? So here we, well, I'm, I can't answer that question. Too many I to don't count. have any idea. Too many to count. One of the topics that comes up over and over again in conversation with people in government right now is blockchain. We did say we were going to tackle Arcana. Well, so there here you we go. go. And so people are talking about blockchain in government. The General Services Administration is building a framework to help people understand what blockchain does better. But we're still seeing some confusion, apprehension, lack of clarity about what blockchain does and how it will actually help people in government do their jobs better. So you have very ably recruited two people to help us understand that. Craig Fisher is in the Office of Financial Innovation and Transformation at the Bureau of the Fiscal Service at the Department of Treasury. Craig, thanks very much for coming to see us today. Thanks for having me. Aftab Hussein is Senior Manager for Grant Thornton Public Sector. It's great to have you here. Thanks, Francis. Aftab, I want to start with you because I want to get at kind of what I alluded to a moment ago. Sure. Help people understand not what blockchain is so much as what it does and what the potential is in government space, where where kind of the low-hanging fruit would be for utilizing the technology. Sure, and I would start by thinking about blockchain. The boring way of describing it is it's a distributed ledger, right? And it's a copy of, inf- of a database that everyone has access in- to the information that's contained within it. But I think when you really look at what a blockchain represents, it really represents the decentralization of trust. So when you really think about what, what can blockchain make possible, Anytime you have two individuals who might not trust each other or two organizations that don't fully trust each other, there's a potential to use blockchain technology to make that transaction more efficient, more effective, and more trustless. Um, And I think as we look at where the technology is going from here, um, to be perfectly honest, the technology right now is really in a nascent stage. Um, It's not being used in production cases um, by very many organizations at all. I think what you're really seeing organizations, including the government, do is use it in proofs of concept. Um, When I see the areas where it could have the most applicability um, in the near term, I think asset management and supply chain is certainly a really interesting case. I think identity management is a really important area. And I also think applications around financial management are very important when it comes to blockchain. That's a good segue to you, Craig. It is. Talk about about what y'all are doing at Treasury. Yeah, well, I mean, as Aftab said, I mean, we're trying to figure out exactly how we can use this technology to really improve the way that the uh, federal government manages its finances. And, and like the rest of the FM community, and I think the government at large, we don't really know much about this technology at this time. So what we wanted to do is take a very bottom-up, narrow approach and, and do a proof of concept to try to figure out if this could do all the things that it says and sort of differentiate from the hype. So what we did is we chose um, to see if we can, if, if blockchain technology could improve the way that we manage and track our assets. With the fiscal service, we have nine locations. We have about 3,500 people, and those people get phones and computers when they start. And there's a lot of time and energy that we um, put out there to try to make sure that the right people have the right assets. And we do inventory on a yearly cycle. This takes time. This takes money. So we wanted to see if blockchain technology could actually improve any of those aspects. I want to go back to that trust aspect that you talked sure. about, Aftab, because if, and this is a theoretical 
uh, example doesn't have to do with, uh, doesn't have to do with government necessarily. But if there's information, if I'm not sure I trust you sure. in a transaction, how do I know that I can trust that information that's in that database that blockchain is facilitating? Well, it really comes down to the algorithm that's powering that blockchain. And um, most of these blockchains have algorithms that are public source, open source. So anyone can go in and inspect the code. And while you might not want to go and inspect it, you can count on someone else, maybe on your behalf, taking a look at it. Um, And this is really how most of what are called public or permissionless blockchains operate, is you have people who are looking at that code and have kind of validated, okay, this is a network that can be trusted. And the reality is, after you go through that process, Francis, you might trust that blockchain more than you do me, right? Because you can have trust in how that algorithm is coded and you can trust in the cryptography that kind of powers that. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, it does because what I what I think a lot of people in government aren't clear on is that ability to be able to get under the hood and see how all the pieces are connected, which is what it sounds like you're talking about. If I have access at the code level, then I really can see everything, all the infrastructure that supports the database and not just the information that's in it. Am I on the right track? That's absolutely right. And I would say, you know, that dynamic that I just described for those public blockchains, you can also think about that with respect to private blockchains. And really in a private blockchain, um, perhaps like the one that you have implemented at Treasury, is really where you are working among trusted parties, but you can make certain compromises in terms of how that code works, and you can actually make the blockchain run significantly faster, and you can do even more with it. Is that what you're seeing at Treasury? I mean, what are the potential applications beyond what you're using? Where do you see it in the in the financial management area? I mean, that's a great question. I think to even answer that, we want to see just how this proof of concept kind of plays out at this point. I mean, we, I, I think that to your point, Aftab, I think we're, we, we're going to have better transparency over where these assets are. We're going to have a, a, the supply chain from start to finish of where these assets have gone, uh, the efficiency of this, real-time awareness. All of this stuff is really beneficial stuff for us. But then the question is, what do we do next? Um, and some of the lessons learned that, that are coming out of this this pilot for me is that you know we, we learned a lot. We learned that you have to really understand your business processes to, to really mm-hmm. do anything related to blockchain. You have to understand what the pain points actually are because if these elements don't um, sort of speak to a blockchain solution, then what's the point of doing it? And then there's this technology stack. And this technology stack is very different than what I think that folks are used to. Um, so in addition to what are these use cases that you could potentially do for uh, finding transactional inefficiencies and improving that, we have to say, we have to start thinking about, well, how does this even fit within our current systems and structure? And I think that's sort of the next question. In addition to what are these use cases, how does this stuff work and how is it going to lace into what we're doing is kind of the next big question, I think, for us. So two things about this pilot project. How will you know that it's successful? The asset management piece of it sounds really encouraging, mm-hmm. but if the goal is to know better what's happening to that stuff, how would you be able to measure that? And then how would you know that whatever gains you made were due specifically to the use of blockchain as the technology that guides it? Yeah, well, we are developing with this. It's a set of metrics that we have with our current system. And, like, what, what's the accuracy rate that says, does Aftap has the computer on the phone that it says that he has, right? Mm-hmm. So we have we have metrics around that, around performance. So we will match that up against uh, what we what we find in this proof of concept. And one of the things I do want to say is this is the very first step of this. And the way that we differentiate a pilot from a proof of concept is that a proof of concept, we are not touching any of Treasury's 
systems. Mm-hmm. Pilot you are in, in our case. So we are not doing this in sort of any of Treasury's environment. So we are sort of at this point kind of comparing apples and oranges, but it's a starting place for us just to get a sense of can this technology improve something where we have a pretty decent sort of list of metrics and criteria. But again, this is just our dipping our toe in the water. Because there's a real risk this is just another buzzword, right? right? right. That people are saying, you know, popping the word blockchain on something that doesn't really fit the technology you're trying to employ. Like Bitcoin, when people started calling their trucking companies Bitcoin and their stocks went up. <laughs> That's right. That's a good idea. Maybe we could change the name, not <laughs> FedHeads. Um, so, you know, is this, to, what's your feeling on the extent to which it's a, another buzzword, another fad, or whether it's going to take hold and provide some genuine applications that improve government? I mean, it. I guess it could be both, right? I mean, it's certainly Absolutely. a buzzword because people are thinking about it and talking about it, and nobody's quite sure what to do with it yet, and yet there are too many potential uses like what Craig's talking about where it strikes me that it shouldn't be too long until we start to see meat on the bones, right? That's right. There's really a short-term story and a long-term story for blockchain. The short-term story is really limited in terms of what the capacity of your public blockchain can provide. Um, Most of the public blockchains out there are limited to seven to maybe 20 transactions per second on the highest end. There are a few exceptions to that. But compare that to the number of transactions that Visa does in a second, which is north of 20,000, right? So that gives you a sense of the difference in scale of what these systems can provide. Um, I think a lot of those challenges, though, are going to be addressed within the next one to two years, and you're going to see a tremendous amount of scaling potential. And as that becomes unlocked, it really allows for all of these applications to run in new and kind of exciting ways, totally new forms of doing business. And I think that's where the true potential of blockchain lies. So right now, as I'm talking with my clients, a lot of the thinking is focused on, well, how do we take this existing process and put it on blockchain? I think in two years, the conversation is going to be, what new services can we provide through blockchain that we could not provide right now? And I think that's a different conversation, one that we'll get to over the next two to three years. So one of the things Francis and I have talked about is the reorganization that the government's going through and mm-hmm. potentially having to do more with less. What's the impact on the workforce, the potential impact on the workforce of uh, technology like blockchain? Mm-hmm. Because the way I hear you describe it, it's going to do a lot of what we have a lot of people doing today. So what does the future of government look like in a blockchain world? Sure, I'll I'll take that. And I think as I look at the future of government and really of business in general, any, any work that's focused on doing error checking that is where you're focused on being some kind of a centralized intermediary in a transaction where you're where you're proofreading the work of somebody else and that is a lot of accounting that is a lot of auditing a lot of our business of course but it, but but beyond that if you look at most of the financial sector right most of the work in the financial sector is you have a bank or some other financial institution serving as a trusted intermediary between you and someone else they're looking to interact with as we look at the future the question is can we now trust a shared blockchain network to provide that same function functionality. So that's a radical way of thinking. But in terms of what it means for our our federal employees, I would say there's not a whole lot to worry about in the near term. This is a technology that's going to take some time to take hold. And and governments haven't been notorious for necessarily being at the leading edge of some of this. And I would say just given the state of this technology, nor should they be, right? There's a lot of risk that's involved in deploying these platforms right now. So you got to be cautious. Um, Final thought. It strikes me that so far, a lot of the conversation about blockchain and government 
has been has lived in the technology shops as the CIOs understand how the technology works and how they deliver it. Maybe some uptake in the CFO shops mm. and maybe not much else beyond that. Are those the right people that should be thinking about blockchain or are there other stakeholders whose radar screens this concept should be on? Maybe they're not on their radar screen yet. Well, I mean, when we when we launched our proof of concept, what we the first thing we did is we said, who is the stakeholders mm -hmm. within this? And you're right, like the IT folks, are right there along with the CFO folks, because it's kind of a back office function that we're trying to streamline. But then we realized with our use case, everybody got phones and computers. So that meant everybody was a stakeholder. So we kind of grouped them into these different stakeholder groups just to say, you know, what, where are the pain points for each one of you? So we learned that the, although you may not know that you're interacting with the blockchain, and I think that's sort of what we, the, the, you know, the end goal is, is if you sort of have these applications, but everybody's going to have some sort of interaction with it in some way. So, that, so I think I think this is not just the program office and the people who actually provide services, but it's certainly your IT, it's certainly your CFO. So I'm seeing it right now for our proof of concept, a lot of people have interest in this. Aftab? And I, I think I'm seeing the same thing, and especially from business process owners. And I think this is really what cloud computing first started, right? As, as cloud computing solutions started to enter the federal government, what you saw was, and the CIOs still play a very important role, don't get me wrong, but it became less focused on, well, how do I maintain this coterie of systems to deliver the IT needs of my agency? And now it's more focused on how can I use the technology to work for me? And I think with blockchain, you're going to see process owners from across organizations really start to be interested in this technology and how it works. But certainly, um, first and foremost, I think you'll probably see it out of the CFO organizations. Aftab Hussein of Grant Thornton, Craig Fisher of the Treasury Department, thanks very much for joining us. Appreciate it, gentlemen. For Robert Shea, I'm Francis Rose, and we're the FedHeads. Join us again next week. Thanks for listening to the FedHeads, brought to you by Grant Thornton Public Sector. We'd love to hear from you. Connect with us on Twitter at GT Public Sector. And don't forget to leave us a comment or a review on the iTunes or Google Play Store.